Hola mi gente. The moment you've been waiting for is finally here. My brand new book, Financially Lit, is officially out. And I can't wait for you to get your copy. Inside this book, I'm bringing you culturally relevant and relatable personal finance advice that will allow you to finally feel seen, heard, and understood. Whether it's the guilt you feel from being the first person to make it while members of your family are still struggling, or the way that financial trauma manifests itself in negative and limiting beliefs around money, Financially Lit is here to guide you through it all. Just a few years ago, it was almost impossible to find personal finance books written for first-generation wealth-building Latinas. We have been forced to navigate the complicated world of money with a bunch of money books written by old white dudes who don't understand what it's like for us first-gen kids. But that stops right here, right now. Inside Financially Lit, you will learn how to set boundaries with your familia, with your dinero, create and pass on generational wealth, diversify and increase your income, protect yourself from financial abuse, navigate the complicated relationship between amor and dinero, invest like a white dude or better, and so much more. You can get your hard copy and audiobook version of Financially Lit at financiallylitbook.com and make sure to join our email list so you can find out when I'm stopping in a city near you for the Financially Lit book tour. See you soon. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Back in the day, you create a product and then you find an audience to sell it to. Because of social media, you now have the power to build the community first and then build the product to sell to them. But people are not catching on. I'm like, guys, like, look at the most successful people online right now. It's because they build the community first and they build the product. Y'all are doing it backwards. Or you guys think that you're Beyonce and you could build a product, not tell anybody about it, and then launch and it's going to sell out. No. Beyonce does what Beyonce does because she's building her community for all these years. If you're thinking about starting a product, Take the audience on your journey with you. Like they want to be involved because when you drop the product, if nobody knows that you've been working on this, they're like, okay, well, how am I? There's no emotional connection. There's no ties. Like people are not taking advantage of social media the way that they could be. You're listening to Yo Quiero Dinero, a personal finance podcast for the modern Latina. I'm your host, Janice Torres, award-winning Latina personal finance expert. I didn't always have my financial shit together, but when I started looking for POC-friendly personal finance podcasts, I couldn't find any. And so Yo Quiero Dinero was born. On this show, I'll show you how to make dinero, how to keep your dinero, and most importantly, how to make it grow. Each week, I'm connecting you with the most brilliant minds in the world of money and business, so you can learn about investing, entrepreneurship, and building wealth. The best part? I'm dishing up all this knowledge with a sassy side of sazón. So if you're ready to be poderosa with your dinero, you've come to the right place. Let's dive in. Hola, mi gente. You're listening to Yo Quiero Dinero. I'm your host, Janice, and this is episode 104, The Secret Sauce to Serial Entrepreneurship with the one and only Ada Rojas of All Things Ada. 
Oh my gosh, y'all. When this goddess agreed to be on the show, because that's what she is. She is a goddess. And I've been following her for many years. I just about lost my shit. And then I was like, oh my God, I cannot wait because I know this conversation is going to be bomb. And I promise you, it will not disappoint. Ada is one of the first Latina bloggers that like I ever encountered in the space when I started about eight years ago now. And she is really one of the few that I could find that really inspired me to be able to even believe that I could turn blogging into a business. So if you don't already follow Ada, do yourself a favor and please go and follow her on Instagram at allthingsada, that's A-D-A, and uh, get ready for a bomb-ass episode, y'all. So Ada Virojas is a serial entrepreneur who specializes in establishing successful ventures with a lifestyle focus that infuses themes of culture, community, and confidence. A consummate creative with a multifaceted career, she's an accomplished speaker, marketing consultant, and CEO and founder of Vecina Couture, a luxury line of loungewear. As a veteran in the digital media industry, she is sought after by some of the nation's biggest brands as a thought partner and frequent collaborator. Ada is a leader in digital media known for creating content that inspires and motivates the masses. She has worked with brands such as HBO, L'Oreal, Instagram, and Kia Motors, and has been featured in the New York Times, Forbes, Telemundo, and Refinery29. Her entrepreneurial endeavors have reflected an unapologetic celebration of her Latina heritage and an unwavering commitment to building a community of 70,000 like-minded women affectionately known as her vecinas. To Ada, representation doesn't just matter, it is a way of life, and she regularly gives talks on issues surrounding race, identity, business, and marketing in and beyond the Afro-Latinx community. The heart of her work is driven by her desire to compel other women to fully embrace who they are and pursue their dreams with a fearless tenacity. You can follow Ada at allthingsada on Instagram. One of the many things that I love about Ada is how unapologetic she is about embracing who she is and weaving her heritage as a Latina into everything that she does. I take a lot of inspiration from her and that's why it's important for me to be very clear on who I serve on this platform. Like we are out here to educate Latinas, point blank period. If you want to come along for the ride, that's great. You are more than welcome. But just know that I will never apologize for being my whole ass self uh, because what other choice do we have, right? <laughs> so if you are ready to find out the secret sauce of what it is to be a serial entrepreneur and especially a Latina entrepreneur, do not change the channel. You don't want to miss this episode. Before we hop into today's conversation, I want to remind you to follow us on social. If you're loving this podcast and you want more community, you want to find out more about our events and all the stuff that we have going on behind the scenes, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, and everywhere else you love to hang out on the internet. If you're loving this podcast, please take a moment to leave us a review if you listen to us on Apple. It's the easiest way to share our podcast with people that you know and love, and it helps us get discovered by amazing listeners like you. So take a moment, leave us a review, share us with your friends and family, subscribe so that you never miss an episode, and make sure to check out our blog, YoQuieroDineroPodcast.com, where you can sign up for our email list and you'll never miss an episode. Plus, you get exclusive invitations to our live events, special discounts for our digital courses, and as always, our best personal finance tips and advice to help you be poderosa with your dinero. Thanks for listening. Now, let's get into the episode. 
Anna, welcome to the podcast. I cannot believe that after all these years of me like standing your life as a blogger and an influencer, like we actually get to connect on this podcast. So thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I think I'm even more excited because like when I think about my own journey as a blogger, as an influencer, like you were one of the very few Latinas that I saw in the space that like gave me permission to dream about being a freaking influencer because before that it's like, okay, if you're not like Paris Hilton or the Kardashians, like nobody cares about what you're yeah. doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about you. Like, who are we talking to today on the podcast? Give us your intro. So I am Ada Virginia Rojas. I am a serial entrepreneur, been in the game for a minute in the digital space now going on 12 years, which is wild to think about it. And yeah, just very grateful for the dope ass community that I've built online that has allowed me to like launch multiple businesses and each one of them be successful because of that trust that I really developed with my community over time. Yeah, it's really amazing the power of social media to create businesses out of like legit thin air and just Mm -hmm. by showing up as yourself. So I want to know, is this something that you always envisioned for yourself? Or like, what was your plan for your life back when you were a teenager? I mean, growing up, you can ask my mom. Like, I just always knew that I was going to do something. There's six of us. My mom would always say that, like, this girl's going places because I just, I was always like this. Like, in high school, I used to sell Avon to my classmates and make money. And then, like, I was my own worst, best customer because I would use the money to then buy more makeup. So I wasn't really <laughs> making any money. Don't get high <laughs> off your own supply, y'all. Yes, it's that's rule exactly number one. <laughs> what I was doing. But growing up, I always saw myself being a businesswoman, honestly. And I remember when I was in fourth grade, I would wear like pencil skirts and like little pointy shoes to class because they made me feel powerful. Like I love the way that secretaries dress because they look powerful and I wanted to feel powerful. And then I found out how much money they make. And I'm like, what's the secretary? I want to be the boss. And my mom used to clean office buildings. We would go with her to help her clean. And I would just walk into like all these executive offices just always wanting to be at that level. Like I can see myself doing this and it's crazy. Like I really manifested it. (laughs) Yeah. So let's dive into that because I feel like a lot of us have these goals and dreams that we want to accomplish, but we don't even know like where to start. So how did you figure out like the process to actually bring to life what you had envisioned in your mind? Yeah, I think a lot of us get stuck on the trying to figure it out. And I think for me, everything, my whole life, my whole career has been me not knowing what I'm doing and figuring out as I'm going. And I think with the internet and the way that social media has disrupted like every single industry across every board, there's no blueprint. There's no manual for this. Like you really have to be courageous and have the audacity to think that you're worthy of this, that you deserve this, that you can be successful and kind of fly the plane, build the plane as you're flying it. And it's scary. It can be very intimidating, but I'm just one of those people that I have crazy, like I'm very optimistic. So even when people are like, don't do it, it's not going to work out. It's like my optimism is so incredible. Sometimes I'm even blown away at how like positive I am about things working out in my favor of their mental, that I think that was really the catalyst for me being like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing, but I'm going to show up anyways. And that's one thing about me is I'm always going to show up. I'm very tenacious. So I'm always going to figure it out. So walk us through the journey. Did you ever have a regular job or did you like graduate from high school and you're like, all right, we're going to build this empire? Yeah, no, I had a lot of jobs. I was been working since I was 14. My first job ever was working at a insurance claim office as an assistant because I was bilingual. 
the guy used me to call his leads to sell life insurance. So I was selling life insurance to people at 14 and I didn't even know what that was. I just knew that I had to call these people and book appointments. That's what I did. And then from there, I worked at Chick-fil-A. Then I worked at a telemarketing place. So I worked for like multiple companies. I used to sell cell phones to old people, jitterbug cell phones. Then I worked for Verizon in their quality service department. And that was just in high school. I worked retail for five years at major like Nordstrom, Bloomingdale's, Gap. And then after that is I was working retail at Bloomingdale's and I wanted a full-time position because I needed to pay off my loans for school. I was in the middle. I moved back to New York and they would not allow me to go back to school. And so I paid the loans. So the retailer wouldn't give me a full-time position. And I'm like, okay, well, if y'all are not going to give me a full-time position, I'm going to get another part-time and y'all are going to have to adjust around my other part-time schedule. And I was so pissed because them knowing that I needed a full-time position, they hired a full-time person in like our sister department. So with even more rabia, I'm like, I'm going to get another job and y'all are going to have to accommodate me. So I got a work a job working as a teller at Citibank and I completely hated it, but I'm so grateful for that job because I saw the opportunity and I saw the potential in it. I was working in Midtown. All these high-level executives were coming in and out of the doors. I was cashing their checks just like part-time. But like it taught me how to be comfortable with money because some of those checks that I was cashing or depositing, I didn't even know how to pronounce. Like I've never seen that much money in my life. Having to count all the money at the end of the day, I've never touched that much money in my life. So being around it and being comfortable with those large sums of like money, really, it elevates you in a way that I couldn't see then, but I see now. And so to make a long story short, I ended up working for one of the customers at the bank. He needed an executive assistant. He had a venture capital firm and was also managing his uncle's accounting firm. So then I started working for a venture capital company. I had no idea what the hell that was. I used to have to make decks and presentations, did not know what I was doing, just Googling my way into like, I got this, I'm going to figure it out. And I was creating like investor presentations. And again, I was 22, I think. I had no idea what the hell I was doing. So yeah, I've had a lot of jobs from there. I went to go work on a cruise ship six months. Yes, girl. I worked out of a cruise ship out of Australia for six months. So when people are like, how'd you get here? Did you know I worked? I had a lot of nine to five. And I think every single one of those for like building me into the entrepreneur that I am today, because I learned something so valuable. And I always tell people like, make the mistakes on other people's dimes, like go work for these companies and make all the mistakes and figure it out and then come back and you're going to be able to put that into your business. Yo, those are gems right there, y'all. Straight up fucking gems. And you know what's funny? We were both bank tellers. I was a bank teller in college. And I think that subconsciously planted this idea of like the entrepreneurs are the ones that have the money. Because I would see these dudes walking in with like $150,000 in cash. And that was like sales for the week. And I had to count this money. And then on the flip side, you have people that are coming in with a paycheck. They're usually were undocumented. You could tell because their IDs were a little weird, but I never asked questions because I'm like, people deserve to get their money. But then I would go to cash that check and that shit would be bounced. So it's like, you're looking at what's happening to the W-2 workers. You're looking at what's happening to the entrepreneurs. And then like, where's the power at? I didn't realize and make that connection at the time, but I had been seeing that shit forever. So to now be on the opposite side where now I'm creating the jobs, I'm making sure that like I'm paying people decent salaries and making sure that like I'm not perpetuating the stereotype that there is of business owners of just being like these really shitty people that are just all about the money and fuck everybody else. Right. And I think that's why it's so important for people, especially women of color to be in these spaces so we can change that narrative. Absolutely. Yeah. 
All right. So you work in all these retail jobs. Talk about when you started the blog and started like entertaining this idea of becoming an influencer. So in 2009, I was in college in Miami. I was going to school for fashion merchandising and retail marketing. And I loved style blogs. Like I've always loved fashion. I love style. I've always loved looking well put together. It makes me feel good. Like it came very natural to me. Like when my friends would go shopping, they'd be like, oh, can you come with me so you could tell me which outfit looks best? Like I was always that girl. Or can you like, what lipstick looks better? Can you do my makeup? That was always me. My dorm in college was a dorm that everyone would come to get ready at to go out for a night. Like I was always that girl. So I loved reading all these other blogs about beauty and fashion, but like none of those girls looked like me. And it, even the Latina girls just did not look like me. And so I was just starting to get frustrated. I'm like, well, I could do this too. Like I like to write. I like to take photos. I can do this too. So I started in December of 2009, right before I moved back to New York. So I moved back to New York and I'm like, I'm just going to chronicle like my life, like as a young adult in New York, like sex in the city dreams, all of that bullshit. And yes, like literally, that's just how I started. And for a long time, like all the page views that I got on my blog was me making sure that I didn't have any grammatical errors. And then over time, like people started commenting. I'm like, oh my God, there's other people that are not me that are actually reading this. And little by little, and I was on Instagram when Instagram first launched. Like when Instagram was only for people who had iPhones, I remember. And that was like the wave. And oh, you don't know about Instagram? Oh, because you have an Android. And then over time, here we are. So it's just wild to see how everything grew together. But even when I doubted myself, even when my own friends and family doubted me, because they're like, oh, yeah, Ada has this little blog. Ada has this little this. Ada has this little that. And guess what? All these years later, now they trying to have little blogs. Now they trying to have little Instagram pages. Now they asking me how I got these brand deals. Hello. Everybody always wants to ride the train after the train's left the station, right? Mm -hmm. But nobody wants to be down with the come-ups happening. I love that. Okay. So how did you turn it in from a hobby into an actual business? I mean, there's millions of people start podcasts, blogs, YouTube channels, blah, 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 but they haven't necessarily been able to achieve what you've been able to achieve. So how did you turn it into something that could actually be what supports you? So the first wave was really being at the right place at the right time. I was in school studying public relations and advertising, applying everything that I was learning to the blog, how to be a better writer, communicator, how to write better headlines. Also, advertising agencies were creating these multicultural departments to be able to put money into multicultural advertising, which meant like basically black and brown people. I saw it coming because I was studying it in school. I was at the forefront of it. I was already talking to that consumer. I made the blog for myself because I didn't see anyone that looked like me. And I knew that there were other girls that looked like me. So brands like L'Oreal and like a lot of hair care brands started reaching out. And it was kind of mind blowing that they wanted to pay me to write about stuff that I was doing for fun, that I was doing for free. I did not think it was a thing. It wasn't until one of my professors was like, I don't think you realize what you're doing. I went to her office. No, it was one of my male advertising professors. So he can help me write my resume. And I told him about the blog and he was like, why is that not on your resume? Like, this is a big deal. And then a month later I got featured in Cosmo for Latinas and he bought the magazine and made me tell in front of all of my classmates, like (laughs) Ada's in a magazine. And I was like, so embarrassed because at that point I just wanted to like graduate. I was already older than some of my classmates because I had to take the year off. So I would go to school to like be there learn what I had to learn, talk to the professors and then be out. Cause I had a job. I had things to do. Like ain't nobody got time to be hanging out with you guys and doing the whole college. (laughs) 
college partying. I had already done that in Miami. I was just trying to graduate at that point. So my professor really helped me to see like how valuable my blog was and how I was building this thing. I went on to do two internships at two beauty PR firms in New York. Loved learning all of the experiences. I ran their social media departments. I was the first hire in the multicultural department for one of the PR agencies. Had amazing bosses. Met so many people in the industry. But I realized, like, I'm doing this for y'all. And honestly, I just rather do it for myself with my blog. So I was making money, but it still wasn't consistent. And then it wasn't until 2017 years later that I got tired of waiting for the brands to hit me up to for them to come to me because the money would be good in different periods and then it'd be dry. And so I just got tired of that. So I said, instead of waiting for them to come to me, I'm going to go to them and I'm going to ask them for money because I know what those budgets are looking like. I was on the other end of it. So in 2017, I saw that there was a lot of beautiful African-American women doing natural hair tours, but I didn't see anyone doing a natural hair tour for Black Latinas. I'm like, I had been on the natural hair wave like all my life, but now because of the internet, all of these Latinas were starting to realize that they had curly hair and to embrace their hair. And I had been talking about it, but no one was doing events for them. So at the time I started working with Kia Motors. They like flew me out to like drive their new cars, whatever. And I was like, oh my God, what about if I did a hair tour? It could be a road trip. Did the whole pitch, the whole deck because I went to school for this. So I know how to put a deck together and pitch an idea. And they ended up being my title sponsor. I got all these beauty brands to come along. So I charged all of them a fee to be part of the event. Then I charged tickets to the event. The tickets were like $50 and included $100 worth of free beauty products. So it's like you got your money back in product and some. And yeah, we sold out. It was insane. It was like over 700 women all over the country. Like people were like, how the hell did you get a car brand to sponsor a curly hair tour? I'm like, when you know your audience and you know how to communicate that to the brand and then in turn, you're able to take the brand's messaging and communicate that in a way that resonates with your audience to the point that there was a lady in Australia who bought a Kia because of the tour, because she had following the tour. And I sent that to the Kia people. I'm like, just so you know, you already got your ROI. It happened to be in Australia, but there's literally a woman who was looking at two cars. And because of her hearing about Kia so much for me, she ended up buying a Kia. That's powerful. Like how many people is out here selling cars without really selling a car? (laughs) Wow. That was really when I started to shift gears and being like, okay, like I'm tired of waiting for y'all to come to me. I have ideas too. I have a community. And I really started to just operate more as an entrepreneur, not just like as an influencer. There's so many gems in there. Let's unpack a few of them. First off, I think it's the importance of showing up authentic. Because I feel like so many of us are so used to like having a code switch in corporate America that we don't even know how to be ourselves. So when we're thinking about how to show up here on social and for our brands and our businesses, we don't even fucking know what that looks like because we're just so used to operating as somebody else. So when you started like being yourself and just showing up as you, that's when the success comes. I think that's super important. The other thing is too, is like you knew your audience. And so many entrepreneurs make the mistake of thinking that they know what your audience needs versus just fucking listening to them. Because then you'll be wasting all your time and efforts on building shit, creating products, things that they don't even fucking care about because it's your quote unquote brilliant idea, but it actually has nothing to do with like why people are following you. So take those gems, y'all. That's like business school level education you're getting on this podcast. Yes. Right nobody okay. asked you for a t-shirt. Nobody asked you no. for like talk to your community. What do they want? And even if there's something missing, like 
bring up the idea and see if it's something that they're interested in before you're committing like fully into it and ordering all this stuff that is not going to sell. Facts. Okay. So you go from being a blogger and influencer to actually like creating a physical product-based company, which scares the living shit out of me. And I honestly don't think I could ever do it because it just looks like so fucking intimidating. So how did that start? That came about because of the tour. So when I was on tour, we had all these other curly hair brands that were sponsoring. But again, I'm like, there is a gap in the market. There's products for African-American women. And then there's products for women who have straight hair. And even the curly hair products were amazing. But I'm like, there's no curly hair products that caters to a black Latina. Like, yes, I am a black woman, but I'm Latina too. So there's a little bit of a, I just wanted to see products on the shelf that spoke to me and my experience as a, like Afro-Caribbean woman. So again, I saw a need in the market. So what I would do is on my Instagram stories, I would post, I'm like, oh guys, I'm just doing a survey to see like what kind of videos you guys want me to make. And it was a lie. Not that it was a lie, but it was really market research for me to see if they felt the same way that I was feeling. Like, do you feel that there's a product missing in the market? Do you feel, and I would just ask them all these questions and then document all of the responses on my stories, keep all of the stories. And I did that for like over a year. I started to tailor my content more towards to their responses, obviously. So I was getting a lot more engagement in my videos, but also it helped me when I was putting the product together. So during the tour, one of the sponsors that we had was a fellow Latina woman who had a hair care brand. She came from like the industry. And again, I pitched her my idea. I'm like, no one is making a product like this. And things ended up working out. She came on board. We got an investor. The product came about within a year. We got into mass retail. I mean, it was insane. Like no one had ever seen anything like that. And what people think is that, oh, well, you were just an overnight success. I'm like, no, I've been building this community at that point for almost 10 years. Like this is 10 years worth of creating content for free and really getting to know my community in a way that when I created this product, it was going to resonate with them because I already knew what they were looking for. Yeah, that is such an important point. Like when you are making that heavy of an investment, if you don't have already an existing loyal following, like waiting and like salivating to buy your shit, you could end up very disappointed. And I think a lot of people want to put the product before the community. They want to come up with some brilliant fucking idea and then go out and search in the world, like who's going to buy it. And I feel like a lot of us are doing that wrong. Yes. And it used to be that way back in the day. You create a product and then you find an audience to sell it to. Because of social media, you now have the power to build the community first and then build the product to sell to them. But people are not catching on. I'm like, guys, like, look at the most successful people online right now. It's because they build the community first and they build the product. Y'all are doing it backwards. Or you guys think that you're Beyonce and you could build a product, not tell anybody about it and then launch and it's going to sell out. No. Beyonce does what Beyonce does because she's building her community for all these years. If you're thinking about starting a product, take the audience on your journey with you. Like they want to be involved because when you drop the product, if nobody knows that you've been working on this, they're like, okay, well, how am I? There's no emotional connection. There's no ties. Like people are not taking advantage of social media the way that they could be. Yeah. I think a lot of us still don't really understand the power that it has to connect you with people who are literally looking for you. Too many of us are just using it as a highlight reel for like the cool shit that we're doing in life versus using it as I feel like it's almost like today's version of media. Like the reason why it's social media is because it's like you have a fucking camera or a TV like you have a studio that you can broadcast like what you're doing. And I mean, that was unheard of 10, 20 years ago. Like if you didn't have 
friends in the media, the traditional media space where you could get in magazines or get on TV, like nobody was going to know who the hell you were. But now there's no excuse. You got a phone that's probably more sophisticated than like a lot of the shit that people are using in like professional studios to just broadcast in the world. So do it. <laughs> I don't use social media for like personal use anymore because I feel like it's a waste of time. And it really is. And I want to know like how you as an entrepreneur avoid those time sucking things that just feel like a huge waste versus focusing your energy on the things that actually matter and you're going to take your business forward. It's really hard. I have my days where I go on Instagram to uh, maybe reply to DMs and then I go down the rabbit hole and three hours later, I didn't get anything done because then I ended up watching a video about a dog and it's really hard. But it's like having your priorities straight. And even for me, like I'm not the most organized person, but I have my little to-do list. Like I try to brain dump everything on a Sunday night or a Monday morning to be like, this is all the shit that I have to get done this week. I don't care what else you do outside of this, but this is what you need to get done. And it's really hard to have that discipline. But again, and also like no one's going to check you for it. No one's going to be like, did you do your work? So it's like that self-discipline that you have to have to make sure that you are going to commit to the say that. So the things that you say you're going to commit to is definitely not easy. Entrepreneurship is not for the faint of heart. I say it all the time. People try to make it seem like it's cool. Oh, just quit your job. No, sis, don't just quit your job. I did that and I was struggling because I quit my job with no savings, nothing. Just thinking like, I got this. You don't got this. Trust me. But Can we but, talk about that struggle? <laughs> yes. Yes. So... I went to go work on the cruise ship. I was isolated for six months, reading The Alchemist and like, I can do this. When I come back, I'm going to become an entrepreneur. Came back, didn't have no savings account, no plan, no nothing. Was doing a little freelance work here and there, working for like an agency, helping them with work, being a freelance makeup artist to make money like right then and there, just doing whatever I could to make money. And at one point, like I was so broke that I was constantly applying for jobs. I would get to like the third round and no one would hire me. And I'm like, am I overqualified? Like, what is it? And it got to a point that I was like, oh my God, what is my path? Because literally, like you see me, like I'm about to go apply McDonald's at this point because I'm just not the type of person that likes, is comfortable with being broke. And then finally is when I came up with the idea in 2017 to do the tour. But that was five years of like not having constant income. When I did the tour, I was three months behind on my rent and not rent in a room that I rented in an apartment. That really came out of desperation. And what I tell everyone is as a creative or as an entrepreneur, you never want to put that pressure on your business to like, I need to make money. I need to make money because the energy that you're bringing into your business when you're operating from that very low vibrational place is not good. I don't wish that on anybody. I'm like, easy things flow to me when like all my bills are paid and I don't have to worry about anything. I'd be coming up with 50,000 business ideas. It's a different vibe. It's a different energy. And if you're strategic enough, you can do this. You can do it, but have a plan. Like, don't be like me. Please don't be like me. <laughs> this is a cautionary tale, y'all. And I really appreciate you for sharing that story because you're right. So many people glamorize entrepreneurship as like, yeah, say fuck you to corporate America and go and live your best life. But it's like, if you haven't set up those foundations in place of that consistent income, of that emergency fund, of like just making sure you're good, then you are coming from a place of desperation and that shit will show up in everything that you do. Like you'll be just half assing things because you're just trying to make it versus like, why wouldn't you just want to show up as your best self when you're ready to do that? But I think what frustrates a lot of people is like that struggle period. We're all going to go through it. It's not like you're going to wake up one day and have a million dollar fucking business. So like, how do you stay motivated 
on that path when you just don't see like what the future has for you? Oh man, a lot of soul work, a lot of therapy. Like I'm so thankful to my therapist because even when I didn't have insurance, she's like, okay, well, we're going to figure this out. So thankful for that, but really a lot of soul work, a lot of like me dedicating time to myself, whether it was journaling, how I felt, I live by my vision boards, surrounding myself with people who were a little bit ahead than I was to keep that spark going. Like if they made it, you can do it too. You know, and they would always be encouraging to me and just really trusting, like it's so hard to trust that things are going to get better, but I really feel like entrepreneurship comes down to like being wildly optimistic or trustful that you're going to figure things out. And then also having that faith in yourself that like, you got this. I'm like, I didn't make it this far. So then no, I'm going to figure this out. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online store shop phase to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dinero, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dinero now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dinero. Absolutely. Okay, so one of the things I love about you is like your no bullshit, tough love. You got to put in the work, sis. What do you have to say to people who have like these limiting beliefs that stop them from starting their business ideas? The whole like, I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. I don't have this. I don't have that. What is your advice for getting past those beliefs? Getting to the root of those beliefs. Like if you see somebody that is out here living their best life and you're envious of them, get to the root of that. Why does that spark jealousy in you? When you get to the root of it, you'll realize that it's because you want those same things, but are you doing the work to get there? You know, like getting to the root of the issue. Like a lot of times, whatever things we feel we're projecting, get to the root of the issue. I know for me, for a long time, I was one of those people that like, kept myself busy to not address 
the root of my issues, to not address my issues, to not have to look at in the mirror and call myself out on my own bullshit. Organization and time management are not my strengths. I've gotten a lot better over time, but I was that person like that would be like, oh, showed up 15 minutes to a meeting, like nothing, like, oh, I'm sorry. Something would always happen. And it's like, that shit is not cute. You need to respect people's time. And when you look at it from that point of view, it's like you showing up late to a meeting, fuck what you think about your own time. But now you're disrespecting other people's time. You don't do that. If you're trying to close these deals, you cannot do that. So it's like, it was during the pandemic that I got a chance to like, I called myself out on my bullshit, but the pandemic, like things just being completely like, I wasn't busy. I couldn't say, well, I'm busy, so I don't have time. I don't have time. No, I really had to sit and look myself in the mirror and be like, if you're trying to make it to the next level, these are all the things that are stopping you from getting there. And when you look back, all those things were really me. And again, calling yourself out on your own bullshit, it's really hard. It's really hard to hold yourself accountable for that. But the thing that I laugh the most is about how all of this shit comes down to your mental, like the way that you see the world, the way that you view things, the own things that you've imposed on yourself. Like, yo, this is really wild. I really laugh. And I'm like, you are the only person stopping yourself from all the things that you want to achieve. And it sounds so simple when you say it and doing the work is not easy, but it really is just that. It really is just that. Yeah, I can absolutely attest to that. I feel like in the past couple of weeks since I quit my job, like I've been going through so many fucking mental exercises that I was like, yo, if somebody would have told me, I probably wouldn't have pulled the plug yet because I'm not ready to be doing all this shit. But it's just like confronting all of those limiting beliefs, the imposter syndrome, the feelings of like unworthiness of what we're achieving. For a lot of people, your inner child is running your business. Mm. That's another thing. Get clear on your personal shit. If you do not address your personal shit, if you do not heal your inner child, your inner child is going to be running your business. All that shit will leak over into your business, your ego, your pride, your this, your that it will leak over into your business and every other area of your life. And people don't realize that to have a successful business, you got to be good. Like, heal. We need to heal. We sure do. I think that I've been struggling a lot with is this idea that like my current success is a fluke or it's just, I got lucky and this shit ain't never going to happen again. Have you ever felt like that? And like, how do you get past your bullshit? Because I feel like if you get stuck there, it almost paralyzes you to do what you know needs to be done to sustain this. Oh yeah, for sure. Even like with my last business, right? The hair care brand, it's like, I did that. And I had a long time, like really seeing it for what it was when I was in it, right? I exited the company last year and it's now when I'm able to see like, yo, I really did that. Like that company got into major retailers. We did a million in sales. Like I did that. And it's like, I know all the hard work, all the nights. I moved to a whole new city with no friends and family or nothing for that company. Like no one cannot tell me like what I did not do. And that's the thing is like, you really have to get to know yourself because when you know who you are, people cannot tell you who you aren't. And it's like, you're not going to sit here and tell me that I don't work hard. You're not going to sit here and tell me that I don't have work ethic. You're not going to sit here and tell me because I'm from the Bronx. I don't know what I'm doing. The data doesn't lie. I got receipts. And I think even sitting with myself and looking at my own receipts and being like, you did that. And it's okay to brag on yourself. I come from a very humble family. Like my mom is very hard worker, but very, very humble. So I've never wanted to be that person that's always bragging. Like, I'm just not that girl. But it's one thing to brag. And it's another thing for you not to recognize your own greatness and then dim your light and make yourself smaller to make other people feel comfortable. I'm not doing that shit anymore. It hasn't served me. It hasn't gotten anywhere. All it has gotten is people taking advantage of me and all the things that I have to provide. And I'm just not doing that shit anymore. Like, I am not willing to dim my light to make you feel comfortable. 
Go do your healing. Call your therapist. Do what you got to do because guess what? I am not diminishing who I am and all of the great things that I have accomplished. You feel comfortable about the shit that you haven't accomplished. Preach. (laughs) Oh my gosh. There's so much to unpack there. I mean, like, yeah, I definitely struggle with that too because it's like, where does it go from like bragging to pride, like excess pride? And I feel like we should be really fucking proud of the things that we're doing. And as Latinas, we're like so often to be told, like, don't get the attention, don't do anything that's going to make you stick out. And it's about unlearning those narratives that we've been told and like really owning your shit. Because these like white dudes out here, they're perfectly fine talking about all the shit they're doing. Is out here doing like very mediocre. And that's why I love that quote. It's like, I live my life, like whatever you do, if you have the confidence of a mediocre white man, like you're good. And we're always going to over deliver. So even when you think you're doing the bare, like your bare minimum is someone else's like, maximum. And I always remind myself of that too. And the other day I had a business meeting and one of the women, they're like, okay, what's your spiel? Give us like your, you know, and she gave me like one of the greatest compliments I have ever received. And she was like, wow, I just had to tell you, she's like, I just messaged my coworker on the side this because she's like, I'm really impressed by you. And what I loved is the way that you shared who you are and you shared all your accomplishments in a way that made me want to root for you even more. It wasn't like you bragging about like you were very confident in what you've done and what you can provide. And you shared that in a way that made me want to root for you even more. And I was like, wow, that is probably one of the greatest compliments I have I received because it's like, you see me, I don't have to be extra. I don't have to like, I'm bragging on myself in a way that is like, you see me. And obviously they wanted to meet with you because they already see the work that you've done. Okay. (laughs) So let's just put that out there. But I think it really is like most often we are our own worst critics and we are our own worst like judges and we have to just get past that shit because you're fucking doing amazing. Like point blank period. Now, Another thing that I feel a lot of us struggle with is this idea that like we must remain constant in our identities throughout our whole lives. You are opposite of that. You are like serial entrepreneur. Like I will change my fucking mind. I will start this business. I will end this thing. How did you get comfortable being uh, sort of like an enigma, right? Like you just never know what you're going to get. It's definitely not easy, especially like in the past year, like I've had a major identity crisis because it's like, who am I? I thought that all of my success and all of my thing was going to come from like my hair care business. And then I get there and it's like, things are not aligned, like met with a lot of resistance. And it's like, I know the way that I want to live my life. I want to live my life with ease. Like I love to work, but it's not going to come at the decrement of my peace of mind, of my own mental health and all these things. So it's like, what am I doing wrong here? Like, how can I show up better? How can I live in my truth better? Like spirituality is a very, very big part of my life. Like I am very intuitive, like Bruja status all the way. And it's like, I want to incorporate more of that in my business. And it's like, I'm being met with a lot of restraint here. So it's like, what am I going to do? Am I going to walk away from this? What are people going to think? What are people going to say? And it's really, really hard to live in your truth because you're constantly worried about what other people are going to say and what other people are going to think about you. But I really had to take a moment and be like, okay, so are you going to continue to live your life in a way that is not aligned with who you are in this very moment, right? A year ago, I was different from the girl a year prior to that. So it's like, am I going to continue not to walk into my truth because I'm too worried about what other people are going to think about me because I've changed my mind about how I want to show up as an entrepreneur? Or am I going to live my truth and have my peace of mind and have my sanity? And I give a fuck about what other people think because at the end of the day, like, you guys are not living my life every single day. And I just chose that, like, whatever the temporary pain and struggle and doubt and 
fear that was going to arise from me making that decision to pivot and to step more into my truth, it was going to be worth me living my truth. And it's always going to constantly happen a year from now. Maybe I might grow into another person. I'm like, this doesn't work for me anymore. Are you willing to walk away from the things that no longer serve you so that you can walk in alignment with who you truly are? And just seeing how different my life is from a year ago, it's like, absolutely, I will do it over and over and over again because the ease I have in my life, the peace of mind that I have in my life, the work that I'm doing is more profound. I really wanted to be able to impact women in a very deep and profound way. And I thought I was going to be able to do that with the hair care products and I did, but the work that I'm doing now is even more impactful. Like I have women emailing me, like I got into my PhD program. I got a, a raise at my job that was 20K more because of you, I learned how to stand in my worth. Like that's the type of work that I want to be doing. And I have to be okay with letting go and pivoting and changing and always walking in my truth. It's not easy, but it's always going to be worth it. Mm, Preach. I hope that people heard that because it's okay to change your mind. I feel like we are made to feel so guilty about like making decisions and then regretting them and like wanting to do something about them. And then we let the comfort zone and the fear of the unknown keep us stuck, even in a place when we know like the expiration date has passed. We got to go. Yes. <laughs> and if you, you know what happens to the universe whispers to you, like, what you need to be doing and you be ignoring that gut feeling, you be ignoring that dream that you had, you be ignoring that message that you heard through a podcast, like you ignore all the signs. And then what happens? Okay, you did do no eat la buena. Okay, a la mala. And it's literally your life turns into chaos. Everything around you, and you're like, what's happening? But what's happening? You're not listening. So, like, literally, the universe is like, all right, sis, no problem. We're just gonna shake your life up a little bit and see if you know to push you in the direction that is more aligned with where you're going. And now I know that so well that I'm like, "Uh uh-uh, I don't need no chaos. I can learn my lesson this way. I hear you. Like, I'm moving. Even now, I always joke and say, like, I want to learn all my lessons with ease. I don't want no more drama. I want to learn everything with ease. Yes, I hear you. Yes, I will do it. Okay, no problem. (laughs) Can you give us a little bit of advice on how to get in tune with yourself to the point where you are hearing those messages when they're whispers and they're not fucking shouting? (laughs) Yeah, it's really sitting with yourself. And that looks very different for people, right? For me, it looks like waking up maybe five minutes earlier and meditating or journaling and seeing like what comes out in my own journals. It could be through therapy. It could be literally doing that self-work, whatever it looks like for you. It could be through working out, right? Getting to a point that you're able to clear your mind to receive the information that's coming. It's almost like, let's say you have like a bottle of sand, right? And I read this in one of like my chakra books or a cup of water that's full with mud and water. When you shake it up, it's like the water is always going to be muddy. But if you let that glass of water just sit, all the dirt is going to fall to the bottom and you're going to have clarity. You're going to see the water clear. So it's like, sit still, sit your ass down, like get to the root of why do you feel like this? What's coming up? Everything is happening for you, not to you, but you too busy trying to take control and fix everything. It's like, sit your ass down, go meditate for 10 minutes and see what happens. Do it again the next day. And the next day, go take a walk, like go round yourself, come into your body because it's like you all appear and it's very hard for you to make decisions when you're constantly in your head, come into your body more. I love it. Okay, so we're wrapping up the interview. I have a couple more questions for you. First off, do you have a mantra that you live by? And if you do, would you love to share it with us? That everything is happening for me and not to me. I love it. It completely changes the way that you deal with situations. Mm, It is all about framing, y'all. Okay, so for someone who wants to launch their entrepreneurial journey and is just so overwhelmed with where to start, 
what advice would you give them? Okay, get clear on what is it that you're trying to do? Like, are you trying to impact women? What is your mission? What is your purpose? And do not attach that mission to a company, a brand of this or that, because those things are always going to fluctuate. You might launch a business, then you might walk away from the business. You might launch a business, that business might fail. But if you know your mission and your purpose and what you are here to do, none of those things will ever change that for you. So it's like, my mission has always been the same. And whether I'm doing it through a hair care product, through a bata line, through my social media, through my like spiritual coaching programs, my mission is always going to be constant. So get really clear on what your mission is so that when shit happens in your life, it doesn't shake you up and steer you away from that mission as an entrepreneur. I love that. Let's talk about Vecina Couture. Where did that come from? And what is it? Yeah. So it's so wild. Cause I never, I always heard the term people saying like serial entrepreneurs and I'm like, no, like I could never do that. And here I am. I'm like a business machine. I can think of so many business ideas and it's just wild that Vecina's is another one of them. So Vecina started in 2016 when I was working from home, trying to do this whole blogger thing full time. I would always like change clothes at home. And I'm like, I'm over here doing laundry every day for what? Because I'm home. This is ridiculous. And like this brand has sent me a robe and I just found myself wearing the robe all the time. And I have like batas and stuff. I love them, but I was always wearing this robe. And at one point I'm like, I'm gonna have to stop wearing this robe because I'm giving them promo every time I wear it and y'all ain't cutting me a check. So I started ordering more robes. So people are like, oh my God, where'd you get that robe? I was always in my stories in a robe. I started linking the robes that I would buy on Amazon. People started buying them. Then people were like, the manufacturer of the price on the robe. I'm like, they out here getting all this money from all these people that I'm sending them for this robe. So people jokingly were like, you should start a robe brand. And I'm like, oh, it's so easy to say, just start a robe brand. And for me, robes beyond that very moment, they've always had a very special place in my heart because when my great grandma died, like we all fought over her batas. Like, no, I want her bata. No, I want this. So I'm like, the robe has always been a very classic and comfortable item in our culture. And no one is out here making like cool robes because I love me about that. I love me a muumuu. I love me a caftan. Like the older you get, you just, you see why your grandmother was always in one. Facts. And so <laughs> in 2018 or 2019, I went to a wedding. One of my friends who's like a very popular like sewing blogger. So everybody at her wedding sold their own outfits. And I'm like, I'm here in my little $50 dress from ASOS. And all of y'all sold your outfits looking so good. So at the table that we were at, there was these two gentlemen. And they just so happened to sew as well. They had their own men's like menswear company. And they had just bought purchased their manufacturer. So the people who they were paying to make their clothes, they just purchased the factory. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. Like I've always wanted to have a robe line. And they're like, well, Mimi is a friend of ours. If you're in town, like let's talk business. Went to them, talked business. Literally a year later, we had already like our sample and our prototype. And at that time, Therflu had approached me to do a collaboration. They wanted me to curate like a self-care box, a self-care kit. And they're like, we want you to highlight five POC owned brands to put in the box. And again, Vecina Couture, I was working on it behind the scenes, but nobody knew about it. But I sat there and I was like, okay, this might be a little, and this is where as an entrepreneur, you have to have the foresight to see ahead. And then you have to have the courage to be able to take the risk and ask, right? So I was like, okay, I have this robe line that I'm launching. I sent them pictures of the samples, everything. I'm like, it's not out yet, but I'm working on this. And I really feel like it's a very authentic fit for the box. They loved it. They're like, we're going to make this happen. We don't know how we're going to make this happen. We're going to make it happen. They put in my first purchase order. I didn't even have 
the LLC for Racina Couturier. I had nothing. They had to send the money to my personal PayPal account because the business wasn't set up. So here I am in the position to like, oh my God, in my last business, I'm experiencing so much resistance. But in this business, I'm not even trying that hard and stuff is just flowing. Like I just got this check and I literally had to put it in my personal PayPal because I do not even have a bank account for this business. And it was all like, I was working on this business behind the scenes while I was juggling the hair care business, my personal brand business. And it was just happening so seamless. And I'm like, I have to follow these crumbs. Like this year is ease. And look at all the ease that this company is bringing to me. So we launched officially during the collab and people just went crazy. Their flu gave away like the boxes with the robes. They sold out in 20 minutes. We partnered up with influencers bigger than you and your box sold the fastest. Like we've never seen this. We've never seen the people that work for their proof personally reached out to me. They're like, we have never seen this type of engagement. Like, oh my God, it was insane. So for the past year, we've been building up the community online. And that's another great example of like, build a community first before you create a product. Yes, my community had an interest for the ropes, but I've been building the platform, the Racina Couture platform, just content for the last year. And now people are starting to associate me with robes and the product is not really fully out yet. Right. So we're getting ready to launch soon, but I've built brand equity over the past year and people will think, well, why am I going to put out the Instagram if the product is not here? No, sis, take the year, take however long you need to take to build up that community, build up your brand equity for free. Right. I did not have to pay Instagram to let me have an account to tell people about this product that I'm working on. And the whole time I've been taking people on the journey, sharing updates, sharing videos. And here we are. So that's Vecina Couture. You're so fucking inspirational. I, if y'all could see me, I'm just here snapping. I'm like here fucking clapping because it is just, yo, alignment in your business is what we all want. And like, when you start listening, you start fucking listening and operating yes. in that space. It happens. It should not be an excruciating, painful thing to run a business. It's not. It shouldn't. And if it is, you need to pinpoint why is that happening, right? For me, I'm very impatient. So even with Vecina, I'm like, the samples are not getting done. I wanted to launch, in my mind, Vecina was going to launch in January of 2021. And I was like trying to rush it. I'm like, why? They need to finish faster. Why is the samples taking so long? Da, 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 the fabric. Girl. And then with COVID, the fabric delays, I'm like, you know what? I'm not stressing myself out over this. This brand is going to launch when it's going to launch. Clearly, it's not my time to launch right now. And there's other things that I do not need to be concerned with, right? I'm not putting that stress on myself. Impose the timelines and deadlines. Oh, because you told your community you're, you were going to launch in January and now you have to hold to your word. Why? Like, why put those stresses on yourself? I'm like, you know what? We're going to launch this thing when we launch. As long as my bills are paid, I'm not worried or stressed. That's my approach to everything. Now I'm operating from flow and ease and everything that is not aligned with that is just not meant for me. And I'm okay with that. Absolutely. Uh, the, I mean, everybody needs to follow you because if you just need like somebody who's just going to inspire the shit out of you and do it in a way that just makes you want to bring out the best in yourself, that is what you do for me. You have been such a big influence for me, and I'm just so grateful for you being on this podcast. For people that want to follow you, find out more about you, follow Vecina Couture and all the cool shit that I know you're going to do throughout your journey as an entrepreneur. Where's the best place for us to find you? Yeah, so you can find me at All Things Ada and specifically everywhere, online, on Instagram, all the apps. And specifically for my entrepreneurs, I'm working on something for you guys because I don't want to see you struggle through the same struggles that I have. 
It's time for us to get our businesses together, get your numbers right, get your legal right, get your operations right. I know it's hard. There's no blueprint for this. I'm working on the blueprint for y'all. Save your coins, y'all, because it's going to be worth it. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for all the work that you're doing in our community. Thank you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you are ready to take your dinero to the next level, sign up for our free 14-page guide, The Financially Lit Latina, the ultimate blueprint for becoming poderosa with your dinero. This 14-page guide includes our best tips on money mindset, budgeting, debt repayment, career, investing, financial independence, side hustles, and more. And you can get it completely free. So to get your copy of the Financially Lit Latina, just head over to YoQuieroDineroPodcast.com slash start. That's YoQuieroDineroPodcast.com slash start and start transforming your dinero story today. Until next time, stay empowered, stay inspired, and stay poderosa. On the Yo Quiero Dinero podcast and associated entities, all information provided is for general information purposes only and does not constitute accounting, legal tax, or other professional advice. Listeners should not act upon the content or information found here without first seeking appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional. We assume no responsibility for information contained on this podcast and associated entities and disclaim all liability with respect to such information, including but not limited to any liability for errors, inaccuracies, omissions, or misleading or defamatory statements. Usage of this podcast and associated contents constitutes an explicit understanding and acceptance of the terms of this disclaimer.